So, Paul, you ready? When you are. Cool. Welcome to, to one, one Good thing. thing, the podcast, podcast that tries, tries to find, find the one master adventurer that hasn't been retired by the Keens Act. Today so we're doing the wa- Watchman. Watchman? What are you doing? I don't... What? I thought you were defending this. You're, no. This is you defending this. But if you're not defending it... And, and I'm, I'm not, not defending, defending it... it. <laughs> Literally the worst. So... Hello and welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that's not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with it. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, menacing. I know. Um, today we shall be discussing, debating, decorating, defenestrating Zack Snyder's Watchmen, uh, mm. the 2009 adaptation of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' Titanic graphic novel. I had struggled with the word Gibbons. <laughs> I that just... will be the hardest test, <laughs> the greatest test of all. That's why he's so maligned by history for his contribution, is because his name is tricky. I think it. Took, I think I just noticed it's like a gibbon, like a monkey, like only just. <laughs> so oh, wow. So like, I think it. It sort of took me by surprise. Oh, be prepared for some deep cuts here today, ladies, God, ladies and have gentlemen. You, have you ever noticed? This is the truth about Watchmen. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> okay, so the movie split critics like a fat slug crawling down a razor. It has sixty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes and fifty-six percent on Metacritic. Um, this quote is from Kyle Smith at the New York Post. Director Zack Snyder's cerebral, scintillating follow-up to 300 seems as fresh and magnificent in sound and vision as 2001 must have seemed in 1968. Wow. Wow. That's a that's a very pro-Watchman, man. That's extraordinarily pro-Watchman. On the flip side, we've got Philip Kennicott, uh, the Washington Post, who said, Watchman is a bore! It sinks under the weight of its reverence <laughs> for the original. Okay. Okay, I see what you've done. Yeah. So, Paul, you goddamn lunatic. Hello. What's something stupid that you do at 3am? Oh, uh, watch the director's cut of Watchmen. <laughs> From 3 to 301. <laughs> in increments over the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worth pointing out that um, today we did watch the director's cut of Watchmen and yes. not the theatrical cut. But not the ultimate cut. Not the ultimate cut. Yes. Um, I don't know what we were hoping for, maybe for a... For a <laughs> A la Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. It was going to yeah. be even better. Wow. Um, and we could defend something that was not just uh, a pretty flower. Yeah. But, but also one with heroin dripping out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Into our snouts. <laughs> so it ended up being a bit of a mixed bag. The director's cut did, yes. Uh, yes. One of the great things about these uh, OGT patented mm. uh, defense of episodes <laughs> yeah. is that we have to state in advance, the one that we're going to defend, and then we have to watch it after <laughs> typically a few years of having not seen it. Yeah. Um, we've grown as people. Yeah, the, we have changed. The world has changed. Yeah. Comic book movies have come a long way in the last seven years. They have indeed. Um, we've done, yeah, we've seen all of them. We've done terrible things. We've done terrible things to yeah. women and children. Um, <laughs> worth worth getting into. It's an alternate history. Mm-hmm. It diverged somewhere around the 40s and 50s in which super, uh, cops started dressing up as superheroes to take on sort of eccentric villains. Yes. And that's it. And from there it spiralled on 
Um, that was the razor's edge. Everything went everything went well <laughs> different after that. That was the butterfly effect. Yeah. Is if five cops dress up as yeah. masked lunatics, then tornadoes happen all over the world. And so what happened? Uh, a whole bunch of crazy things happened. Like Nixon was elected for the as a result yes due to two things firstly the superheroes were able to one of them is a superhero Mm. in the 1950s a superhero is born he's the only one with actual powers the rest are just people in costumes um so they are able to win the vietnam war and murder woodward and bernstein before the watergate scandal as a result nixon is able to win a historic five terms in office and he has passed an act which has outlawed vigilanteism yes uh, after a series of police strikes and so here we are we have one of the superheroes who continued working for the government and so Mm -hmm. was allowed to stay a superhero edward blake the comedian a man who sees all the world as a joke and Mm -hmm. chooses to be a parody of it he is quickly murdered yes in his apartment someone sneaks him and murders him Mm -hmm. throws him out a window sneakily murders him yeah by throwing him out of a window Ah! <laughs> um, it's complex stuff, but yes. So after uh, after that, yeah. Um, investigating. Yes, there is uh, investigating from Rorschach. Yes, who is uh, a nihilistic sort with yes. a very uh, cut and dry view of uh, view of morality. Yes, it's good. There's bad. They never overlap. Yes, never ever ever. After that, we are introduced to Dan Drager. Drager. Dryberg, yes. Well, Dryberg. Rorschach is now convinced that someone, after discovering that this guy is the comedian, yep. he is convinced that someone is now gunning for masks. Yeah. You know, all the ex-people, even though you know, one person has died. That's a pattern. Yeah. One, one thing is a pattern. That's how it goes. One is a pattern. <laughs> Two is a coincidence. Two's a crowd. Three's an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Three's a bloody mess. <laughs> yes. So to stop it from becoming a bloody mess, Rorschach yeah. um, visits Dan Dryberg. The uh, night, owl. night owl, the second, the second night owl. Yeah. Yes, who uh, to to warn him and to try and sort of yeah get the old team back, get together, him motivated. Maybe. Yeah, because he's got he's gone a he's gone a bit dad body, hasn't he? He's gone he's a bit gone dad. A bit dad. Drunk. He's gone a bit dad. Patrick Wilson. Yeah, and uh, he's a little bit. So Rorschach Rorschach came in. He's like, don't don't be all that. <laughs> Let's do the crime solving properly this time. Yeah, but Dan Dryberg's like, yeah, yeah, really. got a TV's on. <laughs> Even though Dan blew him off, he decides to go visit Adrian Veidt, something that doesn't happen in the book. Adrian mm-hmm. Veidt is the smartest man in the world mm-hmm. and has sold out revealing himself, unmasking himself, exposing himself to the public. There's so many other synonyms for that concept. I'll, I'll name them all. He exposes himself. <laughs> he... Ooh demystifies himself parts the kimono mm. um, he violates the world he does with his presence yes yeah um he's a rich guy and he's yeah. capitalizing on the old watchman selling action figures and posters and such yeah. uh, but he's also selling all sorts of other things like a perfume yeah. called nostalgia and mm-hmm. yeah he's trying to fix the world's energy problems yes he just says oh comedian was a nazi i wanted to kill him not yeah. that i did yeah but I, you know, but anyone could have. Yeah. Anyone had a motive. Even me. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan Dryberg goes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll see you later, Adrian. That's a funny guy. Because remember why we don't hang out. Funny, funny guy. Um, Rorschach then picks up the investigation. It's like, yes. a, it's like a tag team through the ether. Yes. And uh, he, he, takes, he takes his game to Dr. Manhattan. Yes. And Laurie, Laurie, a.k.a. Jupiter, or Jusepich. Yeah, Jusepichik, I think. Jusepichik. Yeah, according to Poland. <laughs> according to Poland. <laughs> you believe what they've got to say. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> um, he goes and checks. He um, goes and meets them. They are interred and sort of held captive in a government facility. Yeah, they're free it's, to leave at any time. 
She is. Yeah. But she will be followed. I just want to know where they're going, is all. Yeah, just, you know, what are you up to? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're cheating on Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> so Dr. Manhattan is like the world's national security. He is the world's national yeah. security. <laughs> yeah. he is, he's America's national security. If the, if the Ruskies launch the nukes, he'll vaporize them all and kill all of them by turning them into sheep and then yeah. sort of massacring them. That's how he does it. Yeah. It's essential that it's sheep first, then bludgeoning. <laughs> Yeah, he, can't he turns them into sheep, and then turns to the size of a planet, and then squishes them all <laughs> with his big like whack a mole hands. It's how he does it. He just loves it. <laughs> he's he's a bit of a wrong one, isn't he? Yeah, he's not very good. No, but he's but he's equally not that perturbed when Rorschach um, no. comes in because uh, well because he sees all times a singularity, don't don't he? Yeah, he does that. And when you do that, I don't know if you've done that, but when you do do that. You do do that, don't you, though? Oh, I, I've been known to... I do do that on, on yeah. occasion, yeah. But when you do that, it's very hard to remain concerned about the minutiae of day-to-day life mm-hmm. uh, when you know ultimately everything that's going to happen all the time and are just a puppet to predestination. It makes, makes you a bit of a tool. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Dr. Manhattan, the house is on fire. Please come and save us. It won't help. Why? <laughs> yes, because in uh, 3033, the world will end. Yes. And structurally, your body, after being burnt to death, will contain the same number of atoms as when yeah. it is alive. We are all carbon. Yes. Ah, my skin, it burns! But, um, yeah, so they, they don't take the warning and he just transports him away, away from the movie, to be concerned later on. Yes. Meanwhile, he and Laurie... Laurie is basically there to keep him happy. That's the way the government sees it. Yeah. Keep the massive nuclear superweapon happy. Which is all that any woman could aspire to. Yes, that's what I aspire to as well. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, yeah, she's obviously a little bit not happy about that being her role in life mm-hmm. uh, and is feeling tension. Yes. Especially since uh, Dr. Manhattan is a sort of fucking Superman guy <laughs> who sees all time at once. And it's very difficult to have a chat about Breaking Bad <laughs> when he knows everything that ever happened or ever will happen. Yeah. And is happening right now. He's not the kind of guy to do the washing up. No, ultimately. No. For reasons outlined above. Would you do the washing up? Uh, I don't. Oh. We we have this conversation again tomorrow after I've not done it tonight. But could you do it? We're all puppets, Laurie. I can just see the strings. And then you'll do the washing up. (laughs) Which is a perfectly natural response. So he suggests that she go visit Dan. Or she suggests that she will go visit Dan in order to seek solace in him. Well, she does. She does. They meet up. They meet up. Dan's obviously got a bit of a crush on Laurie. And Laurie sees Dan as a sort of charming part of the life that she used to have yeah they have a right old time they have an old well. bond in a restaurant yeah. it's lovely right old barmy oh yeah. the next day the joker's funeral happens yes they all re- reminisce about their times with old comedian face yep um but a, a guy shows up with some odd ears mm. and rorschach notices it the e- weird earman weirdy eardy it's his arch nemesis weirdy eardy <laughs> weird i'm weirdy eardy and i'm here to do you in <laughs> you best be a feardy. <laughs> oh, pretty good. Pretty good. I think we've got a hit on our hands. Weirdy, weirdy. But, um, yes, yeah, so, uh, Rorschach ambushes Weirdy, weirdy in his place. Yeah. Um, it says, wait, where are the drugs going? Oh, no, it's a different, different guy. Um, he says, what's up with you then? Yeah. And he says, well, I just wanted to, why were you at the funeral? How did you know that Edward Blake was the comedian? Yeah. Oh, because he showed up at my place without a mask a couple of days ago. Um, and he was crying and sobbing about some terrible thing he's done, as he often does. No, yeah. he, he never does. He's never done this before. No. And he's like, oh, Otherwise okay. it would have been sort of pointless to show the scene, really. <laughs> oh, we're all drinking friends, by which I mean he keeps breaking into my place when he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of friend. 
We all have them, don't we? <laughs> I was yours, I think. Yeah, you were for a while. Eventually, I just gave you a key and got you to start paying rent. Yeah. <laughs> after after that... Uh... We cut back to Laurie and Dr. Manhattan. Yes. Who are having some sex. Yes. Some super sex. Yeah. 15 pairs of hands. Yes. Like we all do it. Yep. Yeah. Weird electrical currents. Yeah. Me and Alan Moore. <laughs> back in Northampton. Yeah. You get your weird tentacles out. Yeah. That you've both got. You have to pass the right pool. <laughs> don't want to. I don't it's like North- this place. It's a Northampton thing. Yeah. You wouldn't get it, guys. All the tentacles come You wouldn't out. get it, rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> She's not very happy about having sex with a Lovecraftian monster, so... No. She leaves that monster um, yeah. to his work. Yeah. And goes to stay at Old Dan Old Drive Danny Boys. Old Danny Boys. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Dr. Manhattan um, goes on a TV performance uh, where he is confronted with the fact that he might be giving cancer to a whole bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At which point he fucks off to Mars. They're just going to fuck off to Mars for a bit, you know? I think yeah. I really earned it, you know? Put a lot of time in down at the energy plant and being a super god and everything. And yeah. apparently if Russia's got a problem with it, they can just, you know, fuck off. It's time for this guy to put his feet up. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll catch up on me skiing. Yeah, open up a Carlsberg and just, uh, you know, just, just be a bit racist in front of the TV for a while. <laughs> and he does that, but yeah. on Mars. Yes. He fucks off to Mars. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dan uh, and Laurie try to have sex. Yes, after having a big old fight Yeah. in an alleyway. Yes, they have a big old fight and then they yeah. try to have sex. Yeah. But, you know, they're probably still bruised. Yeah. From having punched people directly in the elbow joint. Yeah. <laughs> Bruised, bru- like got referred pain right down to his penis, <laughs> and uh, right on the tip of it, it's all yeah. tingling still from yeah. from the violence. Um, so they, in order to solve that, yeah, they uh, they Trying do to... what any of us would do, <laughs> and they go and solve a crime. They go get dressed up in their old superhero gear that they all they both still fit in. Yeah, um, in spite of like a decade of has passed. Yeah, well, I mean, Mal- Malin Ackerman has has. Yeah. Demonstrably not changed. <laughs> a, a, a jot. Yes. Yeah. One iota. Uh, Very much so. Night Owl changed seven iotas? Yes. Yes. Exactly seven and a half iotas. But his costume has cling film on the inside. Oh, good. It's like that bit from the full Monty. <laughs> it's a little bit during the um during the, the fire sequence where suddenly it just bursts like fucking crusty in the ground. <laughs> oh, good girdle. Cut just spills out. <laughs> That was my favourite addition to the uh, editor's cut. Direct it's during cut. the confrontation at the end. Do you really think I would let you? I would let you in on my plan if you had even a slight chance of stopping it. They both look shocked and just. <laughs> oh, oh, that's better. <laughs> oh god, it's such a good film. Is the thing? It's so great. So um, they they go and um, solve the crime of several people trapped in a burning building. Yeah, the crime. It turns out it was the fire that done it. Yes. So, solve, solving that, they get such a rush that they 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 lock up the spaceship and yeah. and just have real real good slow sex. Yeah. To the tune of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Absolutely, as we have all done at some stage or another, or aspire to do, or aspire to do. Yeah. I can't get the spaceship right. <laughs> um, so after they, yeah, they decide after that. Oh fuck me. Okay. After um, when does this happen? Oh, Rorschach. Rorschach. When does this happen? Um, it's it's, it's just after Mars, before Mars. It's after Mars. I think it's fuck it. Meanwhile, simultaneous to Mars. Meanwhile, Rorschach was continuing his investigation. Yeah. Came to Moloch's place in order yeah. to ask him about a company that he was working for. Yeah, uh, Moloch has cancer, by the way. He's yeah. one of the people who got cancer. Yeah. Um. However, he's got a gunshot wound to the old forehead. Yeah. So um, don't get up from that. Nope. 
turns out it was a big old frame up mm-hmm. uh, by someone. Yeah. Police storm in. He gets arrested. Yeah. Uh, and he's in prison where he's getting threatened by some of the old villains he put in, in yeah. jail. Ineffectually. Ineffectually. <laughs> nothing really pr- problematic happening, but they plan on using a massive prison riot that's gonna that's scheduled for a couple of days. They've all yeah. got it in their diaries. Prison. <laughs> yeah. You know, two o'clock PE. They're all really excited. <laughs> Three o'clock, got a nice policeman coming yeah. to talk about road safety. Four o'clock, riot. Yeah. Oh, Gary, look, Gary the Garotta, what are you doing? Why's your leg jigging? I'm just so excited for the breakout, guys. Well, finish oh, your peas. <laughs> you, like, you look like you're ready to go. Sorry, guys. It's all right. We can go now go back to the next yeah. bit. After, the, after they've had sex, they think, well, we're on a roll. Let's, yeah. We heard that Rorschach was in, that roll. in prison. Sorry, I'm saving it for later. <laughs> they break out Rorschach. They break out Rorschach. Well... Yeah, I get they yeah, kind. They kind of do. He's doing pretty well for himself. He could have probably just walked out if he yeah. wanted to, but, but they also break him out. They so also break him out. They're quits. Yeah, all all it all cancels each other's out. Yeah, and somehow Laurie and that means that Laurie and Dan have to be in prison. <laughs> That's how the sum works. They yeah, they're all free men. All free men and women. Yes, free men and women. Yeah, and um, they they celebrate by John showing up and taking Laurie <laughs> off to Mars, emasculating Dan in an instant. Yay! Um, Rorschach and and Dan continue the investigation. Yes, and they discover that there's that all of the people who got cancer all worked for the same company, mm. and that company was funded by Vice Industries. Oh, Vite uh, was Ozymandias, you remember? The smartest guy on Earth from earlier, do you remember? Forget about it. Someone tried to assassinate him at some stage, but it, you know, it didn't work. Yes. Oh, oh wow. I remember. Rorschach finishes his journal and drops it in the uh, post box of the New Frontiersman, yep. which is a right-wing magazine, and they all fly off to Antarctica yep. uh, in order to confront Agent Vite. Yep. On Mars, um, Laurie tries to convince uh, Dr. Manhattan that mankind is worth, you know, getting upset about. Yeah, to give a shit. Yeah, just worth a shit, you know. It's, it's tricky. Yeah. But she had um, pictures on her phone of people, but it was only Nigel Farage and <laughs> Boris Johnson and Michael Gove. And, and uh, she just couldn't, she, you know, it was tricky. She couldn't. She had an Ian Duncan Smith gif. <laughs> an, Ian, an Ian Duncan gif. <laughs> she had a revolution about her own past. Yeah. Which is that she, in fact, is the comedian's daughter. Yeah. The comedian had tried to rape her mother yeah. unsuccessfully. And then at some later point, the mother had gone back to him and they yeah. had a romantic affair successfully successfully yeah (laughs) she gets pregnant (laughs) yes and gives birth to malin ackerman yes um and then so even though basically all he's done is realized how great laurie is Mm -hmm. and like he now realizes that laurie is great but like her parents weren't Mm. she didn't know before yeah and so clearly mankind is worth saving she's a gem she's a gem She's a gem. And, and he's a hologram. Day. He's a hologram. <laughs> let's let's make music happen. <laughs> they head to Antarctica as well. Yeah. Everybody converges on Antarctica. Yeah. Turns out Veidt's plan was to detonate an energy weapon in each of the major cities in the Earth, on the Earth, in the Earth, all yeah. over the Earth. Around the Earth. Around the Earth, all those cities. Yeah. Um, in order to make it look like Dr. Manhattan, you know, flipped out, murdered everyone. Yeah. He's been, he's been manipulating him the whole time to make him, like, flip out and act really irrationally. Yeah. Screaming on television. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like Dr. Manhattan's attacked all the world, and all the world unites together in order to fight Dr. Manhattan, yeah. thereby ending the threat of nuclear war, which there was throughout the film, so mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that. Um, <laughs> it was the main theme of the movie. Yes. Um, Veidt did that. Yeah. And all of them, with all their varied beliefs and sort of ideals, yeah. ultimately agree to keep the secret that yeah. Adrian Veidt murdered millions of people. Yeah. 
um, in order to preserve this tentative peace. Except yeah. Rorschach, who gets disintegrated, but everyone yes. else. He agreed to become disin- disintegrated. <laughs> he agreed to become disintegrated. Yeah. And his own way consented too. Yes. Nihilism. <laughs> um, Dan and Laurie get together. Yep. Have a couple of Watchmen babies. Yeah. Um, Probably. Dr. Manhattan leaves for another planet. Yep. Uh, another galaxy. Galaxy, yeah. A whole other galaxy. He just packs up his stuff, gets into his old beat-up Chevy, and drives off to another ga- yeah. galaxy. Well, Meanwhile, that- at the New Frontiersman, the right-wing magazine, mm-hmm. they are pressed for news because all the wars are gone. What do you write about when there's no, no, no wars? I don't like it or approve of it. No. Luckily, Rorschach's journal is in the in-tray. Will it get published? Will it undo the peace? Will they just focus on Vite being a bad guy instead of Doctor Manhattan and nothing will really change? Who's yep. to say? But japes will abound. Yes. The end. Although the journal doesn't actually contain Vite's end plan because Rorschach didn't learn it until afterwards, so it just involves that he was the owner of the companies that yeah, there, there, the there, assassin. There is the line, Vite did it. Or like, <laughs> Vite, is, Vite is the one that's Vite responsible. Vite is responsible. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So... It doesn't also mention the massive attack. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. Maybe Vite killed the comedian. Doesn't matter about it, though. Look what Doctor Manhattan did. Yeah. So Jesus. maybe actually it's a happy ending. Yeah. Ah. Oh, good old lovable Alan Moore. Good old. Yeah. With his optimism. Ever the optimist. He Alan believes Moore. in you, kids. Do you believe in him? Should oh. Do. He's out there. And he's gonna bring you Chris. He's gonna bring you presents <laughs> next. Um. You. <laughs> next uh, March the twelfth. It's it's very weird. I don't know why, but he'll 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 come and bring you a. Celtic rune boot. Each. Yes, <laughs> next Winterval, he'll come and uh, bring a stone snake to life on <laughs> your doorstep. You? <laughs> um, what a guy and what a mind for yeah, for creating something like Watchmen. So, uh, well, oh sorry, I, I forgot to mention the very important stuff that was added by the director's cut. So, Paul, what did you think of the film? Oh well, Watchmen, the th- uh, the Watchmen that I remember, the theatrical yes. cut. Still, I still love. Still holds up. I, I still love. It still. It still holds up for all, for all, for all the reasons that hmm. I originally loved it, and we'll get sure. into soon. The director's cut was a bit of a knackered old chair of a yeah repair that wasn't needed. What I found is Watchmen has some pretty big problems as a movie. Oh yes, which we shall come to. I found the director's cut accentuated the problems without really playing up any of the quality. No, and 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 with this being a film and not, you know, a sprawling graphic novel, yeah. I would argue that it would have been better to leave the extra stuff out because yeah. it just it's just padding that weighs it down. The qualities of the film were still there. Yeah. Um I mean the performances are extraordinary and, and as a result, when I read the book, I tend to read it in these voices. Yeah. Um highlights for me are Patrick Wilson as um, Absolutely, yeah. Night, uh, Night Owl Dryberg, who so perfectly plays this sort of yeah. kind of defeated guy who you can see is really charming and lovely, but yeah. just not as confident as some of the other heroes. Yeah. And you totally get why he needed the suit, because when he puts on the suit, he looks like a badass. Yeah. You can just see the coolness and the stillness in him yeah. that, you know, isn't there. He's very fidgety when he's yeah. Dan and just a fucking monolith when he's Night Owl. And you just get it. It makes sense why he'd want to be him. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of portrayal of a of a man who needs a who needs a uniform who yeah. shouldn't be allowed to dress himself because it just it just doesn't do himself any favors. It's kind of having to like reflect on who he is, mm. Dan Dryberg. Yeah, um, he is just such an innocent and tragic figure in 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 the way that he goes about his relationship with Laurie and yeah, yeah just de- dealing with the success or or, or 
lack thereof of the Watchmen. Other highlights: um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian. Uh, he's yeah. not in it much. He's actually in it a lot less than I remember. Mm. But and that goes for the graphic novel too. I actually reread the novel for for this. Yeah, he's in both a lot less than you think, but he's such an impactful character. Yeah, this kind of yeah, this ultra right wing sort of fascist character. Yeah, who just loves the violence of the yeah. whole thing and is completely nihilistic in terms yeah. of good and evil. Yeah, just, you know, fuck it, whatever pays. You know, he's a glutton, mm. and he plays it so large. You know, so. yeah. He if if he's not in the film as 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 often as we remember, his yeah. presence is just as large. Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley is also incredible <sighs> as uh, Rorschach um, slash Walter Kovac. Yeah, um, yeah, just this extraordinary sociopath who very firmly believes in right and wrong. It's just that his um, spectrum is fucked. It just it runs for uh, even like um, si- uh, background actors and stuff, except for Nixon. Uh, this movie does not have yeah. a good Nixon. <laughs> no, it's never had a good Nixon. <laughs> the That's... director's cut does not improve upon Nixon. No, it doesn't suddenly have a less ridiculous nose. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean B- Billy Billy Crudup in both oh, um, God, incarnations. Really I mean, His I mean, voice, yeah. And it, that's the voice. There's, yeah. there's never going to be another voice for Doctor Manhattan. That's... No, it's it's perfect as it is. I am looking at the stars. They're so far away. And their light takes so long to reach us. All we ever see of stars are their old photographs. Yeah. And and then the the all the flashback scenes where he's mm. going through um his meeting with Janie and his eventual yeah you get little glimpses of him before the accident death yeah just like the energy like the life in his face is <laughs> oh. just he's just so happy to be here yeah alive on earth <laughs> there 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 are so many great smaller performances mm. you've got you got matthew good and you've got oh God, yeah. i i mean i thought carla cagino was pretty good mm. i know you're not i'm not a big fan a big a big fan i no i'm aware of her other work from things like um uh snake eyes just right. very sort of big performances yeah she gives um I, I usually find them a little stilted. Right. Okay. <laughs> I think it worked for this. Um, I do share what you think about Malin Ackerman, but mm. I do partly a lot of the dial, a lot of her dialogue was very clunky. You know what? You send me back to Earth to fry with Dan and my mom and all the other worthless humans. It is a little. I mean, to be honest, the dialogue. Something like they don't know how to write for a woman. <laughs> um, this is this is very faithful the dialogue to mm. Watchmen. Um, and uh, some of the di- it's comic book dialogue is the thing. That's the mm. issue of it. Is it looks great on the page. It feels mm. like sort of old comic book writing. But when you put when you get it spoken by actual people, there's a mm. hamminess that you're not necessarily as willing to suspend your disbelief <laughs> for. I'd like to read for you an extract from uh, Watchmen, if I may. Okay. Uh, this is from just after Rorschach has busted into the uh, research center. Yep. What are you doing here, Rorschach? This is a government base, and I hear you're wanted by the police. Yeah. Good evening, Miss Jupiter. That's you, Spetschik. Jupiter was just a name my mother assumed because she didn't want anyone to know she was Polish. You haven't answered my question. I mean, find a way of delivering that. Well, I can give it a go. Do it. Good e- good evening, Dr. Manhattan. What are you doing here, Rorschach? <laughs> <laughs> this is what a government are you base. Doing here? This is a government base, and I and I hear you're wanted by the police. Case uh, QED, Paul. <laughs> no, you're right. It's it's. What what works what works for one medium does not work for another. And Absolutely. In in Jupiter's dialogue, that was really pronounced. Absolutely. Um, one thing that does work in both mediums, mm-hmm. one place where the mediums overlap uh, overlap is your ability to sort of fill the frame with detail. Yes. And fuck me, did this movie do that? I oh mean, god, yeah. The level of production detail, the posters, the items, the props, the sets, gorgeous. 
Yes. And Snyder's actually working with sets that he built and made things for, not just created on a computer. It's And spends time in them. We come back to Dan's apartment like four times. And I'm sure we spend about 10 minutes of the movie in there, in mm. that setting. And we get a chance to know it. Yeah. Which is really important for establishing a sense of place. Exactly. This sense of place is what it's all about. It, I, I feel this city. Like, I believe mm. that it's... This, this this alternate New York exists. Yeah. The, the the sets it kind of shows like an unsullied Zack Snyder, doesn't it? At work? It does. It's it's the you know when when you then look at which is why Sucker Punch was such a shock. Yeah. Because because such a Sucker Punch. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's what he God. did. Oh. You won't believe how shit this is. That's Pow. Very clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And it's 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 dealing we're dealing with real locations. The. The, sh- the shots are all... There's such an eye for detail and mm. there's such an eye for the mise-en-scene of, of... Yes. In every scene as well. I, I made a note whilst watching mm. it that every frame was a fucking painting. Yeah, there's extraordinary cinematography and of course yeah. the um, uh, Snyder used the comic book as storyboard, mm. which means they literally copied frames. You can actually sit there with a copy of the comic book in your hand and look from one to the other yeah. and see like the images being recreated on screen, which, yeah, it does have an extraordinary effect because... Um, Comic books can be very cinematic in their sort of panels. We'll come yeah. to a bit later the idea of comic books as cinema. But mm. yeah, in terms of the layouts that artists will choose, they will be very sort of, sorry, structured to deliver the maximum amount of detail and information to the yeah. audience member. And that stays here and there's a a, tr- a perfectness to it. That detail there, it mm. shows a, a love for the, the source material, a love for the project. Yeah. Um. And I mean, you can you can just tell at every, every level the the, yeah. the care that has gone into this, and it makes it you know it makes it a really sincere adaptation. Yeah, it um, does, and you you feel that love. I, I think it has to be commended for the boldness of it. It's mm. very long. There are no name actors in it. It's mm-hmm. R rated. You know, they it doesn't feel compromised no. in any way. It feels a little stuffed into because of the medium it's working in, but it doesn't feel compromised. Yeah. Worth mentioning the fact that the soundtrack was fucking great. Oh, great. Yeah. Like the original soundtrack by Tyler Bates. The original score. Yes. Yeah. Was uh not not necessarily prominent throughout a lot of a lot of the scenes, but some yeah. just stunning pieces of music. One yeah. in particular, um just look at just look around you, I think, was really reminiscent of Carter Burwell. <laughs> Excellent music. Um, let's get into a little some of the complaints that people had against yeah. this movie because it is very controversial. Hmm. First of all, the idea that it's too violent. Now, is the violent? This is more violent than the comic book. This violence in the comic book. There's plenty of blood, yeah. and it ends in this sort of horrific final image. Hmm. But like, without mentioning the comic book, is this violence appropriate for this story that it's telling? Does it ever feel gratuitous to you? Uh, yeah, yeah. It does. It does feel gratuitous, but there are there are moments of violence that mm. do feel very yeah, you know, and analogous to the the, the film adaptation of it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that there's a lot more. It kind of feels like it's not just a film reveling or Zack Snyder reveling mm. in the violence. I feel like the the heroes, you know, who are these. Yeah. corrupted watchmen do revel in in the violence that they yeah. I mean it's 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 almost directly responsible for Dan Dryberg being good at sex again. Violence makes you better at sex, <laughs> yeah. Zack Snyder. <laughs> I think about the violence in Logan. Now yes. in Logan the idea of putting the extreme violence in serves a purpose because it's like demythologizing the superhero. Yes. 
And it's the idea that all of this heroics that Logan have, has been doing for the last, you know, however many movies since the year 2000. Yeah. Over the last 17 years. This is the price of that violence that you didn't get to see before. Yeah. It's not just a matter of Logan gets to slash a guy and he's going, oh, I'm defeated and falls to the ground. Here, people getting their arms cut off, their guts cut open. Yeah. Faces exploded. Faces exploded. That's what would actually happen. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's really de-romanticizing the violence of the, the movie, even though that violence is exhilarating. (laughs) Yeah. That's the issue that you have to play with of all of these things. Is there a similar maybe attempt here? The idea that, because it, like you say, it's not necessarily because the superheroes and we respond well to the violence. Yeah. It's, it's about empowerment through violence. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of CGI blood spatter. Yeah. And, um, a lot of lot. There's a, there's yeah. excessive blood spatter <laughs> and, uh, CGI blood splatter. As yeah, well. which is the worst kind of blood splatter. <laughs> yeah. At least, I mean, the, the one, the one really satisfying um, blood splatter is the is the is the physical, the practical effect. Yeah, um, after the buzzsaw uh, yeah, incident. Yeah, um, but I don't feel like the violence itself is saying much, mm. um, because of the way that Zack Snyder and co go about delivering the messages in Watchmen it really yeah. really is on the nose sure. you know it, Zack Snyder is not one for subtlety no um, if like violence overkill mm. was going to be an issue of the film somebody would have addressed it yeah um, but they don't really people are very obviously jaded by years yeah. of aggression and warfare and things like that but yeah there's not a uh, satirical element there, or you know. No, it's not like oh look, this is look, this is what a comic book thing entails. Yeah. See, look upon your works in despair, audience. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I wanted this. <laughs> I think Snyder actually even made a comment that um, he felt when reading the book that Alan Moore wanted to punish the audience for wanting comic book violence, <laughs> kind of in a Michelle Haneke kind of way, when he made Funny Games. Yes, right. He wanted to sort of you know, preach to the audience that were simultaneously enjoying what was happening, which, you know, is never a great feeling. But yeah, it, it's clear he wanted to sort of diminish that effect in this by sort of having it a bit more playful and cinematic. Yeah, well, I mean, what Alan Moore was going through, going through, going through. <laughs> when he wrote... I, mean, I don't know if you know him, guys, but <laughs> Jesus, he was having a rough fucking time. I mean, he had to wake up every morning and look out at Northampton, <laughs> for starters. <laughs> But when when he when he came up with the character Rorschach, he said that he he didn't plan for people to like him. Like him, he wasn't meant to be a likable character, and he's no. you know demonstrably not a likable character. No, he's, he's twisted yeah. by you know he had the will to do good, but he's been twisted yeah. by various things. Absolutely, and the fact that everybody really likes Rorschach, you know, I can't blame Zack Snyder for making him fucking cool. Uh, another complaint is that it's too long. Mm. No, I'd say the director's cut is too long as much as the yeah. added length kills the pacing yeah it, it, it's just yeah. not needed it doesn't feel its length when you see the original theatrical cut it no. fucking moves along yeah and there's so many new things and you're going to so many new places you just can't you can't slow down enough to think wow i've been in the cinema for too long you yeah know? yeah you get the pacing right mm. um you know it's I don't, I don't think it's too long at all i think it's mm. i think it's the perfect length absolutely so okay let's talk about the biggest criticism this film has to deal with okay the book <laughs> um this book that we've been talking about so i mean um, you saw i had read the graphic i actually um i'd never heard of watchman before i saw the trailer before mm, the dark knight right um and i quickly said from the acclaimed graphic novel and i was like oh yeah never heard of that ordered it from amazon started reading it at about seven o'clock in the evening finished reading it at three o'clock in the morning um didn't stop there's something compulsive about watchman mm. it's hard to say what it is it's quite a long book but it's fucking un- it literally is unputdownable it just yeah. I mean, it's made of glue. 
So it's <laughs> you literally can't put it down. Yeah. It's just I'm still holding it. It's a horror show. It really is awful. Um, oh, it's 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 multi it's multi layered. It's yeah. It's such a rich world. Yeah. It's funny. It's it's exciting. Clever as fuck. Yeah. As with all Alan Moore books, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is conceptual like a motherfucker. Yeah. And then so I think I saw it a couple of times actually before reading the mm. graphic novel. You lent me the graphic novel yeah. as far as I can remember. Yes. And. Yeah, I mean, I would say that was a, a fortunate way of, of going about it because I then got to experience the rest of this just amazing like yeah. world with this myriad stories. Mm. I would, for my part, advocate reading it first because I do feel it added something to have my first experience of this story being the sort of mm. Alan Moore, you know, masterwork. Because this mm. is, generally speaking, unashamedly, I would say A Watchman is one of the best graphic novels I've ever read. And if it's not that, then it's another Alan Moore book. You know, it's, yeah. it's that. So I would suggest reading this sort of height of the art form as it was meant to be what, uh, read. So I would suggest, you know, taking in the, uh, the book first. But mm. nevertheless, yeah, you're right. I know plenty of people who have done it both ways yeah. and still really enjoy the film. First of all, was it too reverent? Because there were a lot of other people who were going to make this movie and had yes. plans to change it. Yeah, so we, I mean, we had Terry Gilliam, who mm-hmm. uh, was uh, down to direct for a, for a long time, yeah. um, gave it up, deciding it was unfilmable, which for Terry Gilliam is saying something. <laughs> yeah, um, he also said that about Don Quixote. I think he's just a bitter loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's unfilmable. Yeah, oh, decided now. Did I raise enough money to make this movie? Nope, unfilmable. <laughs> But after that, there's Paul Greengrass, Darren Aronofsky, Michael Bay was down to oh, do it at no. one point, for God's sake. Um, but Darren Aronofsky wanted to give it, you know, a modern, um, sure. like, er- er- Iraq terrorism. Iraq. Erotic, Iraq. Erotic, setting. erotic, uh, <laughs> modern terrorism, uh, yeah. I mean, setting. The thing is, nuclear war is still relevant now, but. Yeah. When I walk down the street, I'm not afraid of the Russians dropping a bomb on me. I'm worried about some guy on a moped with acid in his pocket, you know? Yeah. So updating it in that way to sort of terrorism and guerrilla tactics, I mm. guess, would still have had the same effect of making heroics futile. Because mm. it's like, you know, superheroes here to save the day. It's like you can't stop a guy who's just built a car bomb yeah. and parked it on, you know, Wall Street. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really glad that the Watchmen that was made was at least in part reverent to the to the original that we had a, a watchman film sure. that set it in that in that world that is that world that yeah. everybody Nixon and loves all. yeah and i think if you've got if you want to do like an updated mm. iraq terrorism film with the same concepts then you can sort of take it and yeah and, 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 and work with it and maybe try and make it its own beast yeah so i think i'm happy enough as well that they stayed fairly close but yeah in terms i wanted of... to see a watchman movie sure well i would have done had i read it first <laughs> okay how about um, some of the changes they made then? Mm. First of all, everybody is now super powered. Yes. The fight sequences aren't just, you know, a bit of rough and tumble. You know, like you and me would be able to punch a guy in the face and, you know, whack. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not that. It's now expertly choreographed, you and Wu Ping style exchanges featuring lots of fancy moves. Mm. How does that impact, you think? When you look at it, it's still the same story. Yeah. It's just how Zack Snyder chose to. Express it visually. Yeah, express this in in cinematic yeah. terms. I guess, and it's like we say that you know some of the violence maybe was a little gratuitous, but mm. um, ultimately it did, I guess, make it more marketable. And some, sometimes that's the breaks you have to make in yeah. order to get your project out there. One, another one of the big ones was the Black Freighter. Now, yes. absolutely, the Black Freighter is the easiest thing to uh, take out. Now, just to explain, in the graphic novel of Watchmen, every so often. We will cut to a kid on the street who is reading a comic book called The Tales of the Black Freighter. Yeah, it's, it's a pirate story. 
about a guy who is trying to race back to his hometown to warn them about an attack from the Black Freighter. And on his way, he does some pretty deplorable things. Um, and by the time he gets there, he finds out that he's actually the biggest threat to the town mm. after all, because he's changed so much due yeah. to the awful things he did. The reason it's important is because it's a complete reveal and a surprise who the villain of the movie is. It's Adrian yeah. Veidt, you know, the, the Ozymandias. He spends yeah. the whole thing in the background with only the last book revealing he was the villain. That's a very cramped amount of time to sort of explore the idea of him as a villain and the dilemmas he's faced and the angsty journey he's had. Yeah. Until you realize, due to a expertly sort of done bit of overlay of text from the uh, Tales of the Black Fraser to Adrian Veidt, that actually the tales the Black Freighter has been telling his story the whole time. Mm. As a result of taking out the Black Freighter, do we get enough time to really explore Adrian Veidt is the question in this film. I feel like you get to explore it, but after the event, like after yeah. after the film has ended, I went away and I thought, thought about it, you yeah. know, and, and thought about his position. Sure. So I still got to reflect on it. Sure. And, and, and I think unless you are going to do a five-hour film, mm. a five-hour version of this movie yeah. that that has this fountain style, yeah. um, like this this other story told, yeah. I don't think it's worth alluding to Fair enough. In, in, in the film. The ending is another big one that was changed. Yeah. Um, now, in the in the film, it uh, Adrian Veidt, it makes it look like Dr. Manhattan attacked the whole world at once, thereby bringing everyone together against the common threat. In the original comic books, it is only New York that is attacked by Veidt, and he makes it seem as though a giant, hideous alien that he has managed to create using um, the genetic engineering technology he's been developing throughout the book. He is able to create a giant alien that he lands on New York, killing millions in a really yeah. grisly, violent way. And yeah, because it's on New York, it's very obvious that America didn't do it. Hmm. And it's obvious the Russians didn't do it. And so, yeah, everyone sort of unites against this potential alien threat. And Dr. Manhattan doesn't leave, you know, out of necessity. He leaves out of choice. Yeah. How do you feel about the changed ending? Because I remember initially feeling very good about it, Hmm. but I have shifted a little over the years. Oh, interesting. I have always been a big fan of the uh, movie ending. Okay. I, th- I think um, I think it's a really good use of Doctor Manhattan and his powers. He w- he was created and he was brought into the Watchmen and then and then used as a kind of a, a tool of, of aggression by the United States. And he was in uh, he's in the, the Watchmen and both of these things slowly become uh, start to corrupt. Power corrupts. Who watches the Watchmen? Yeah. And then finally, that is used back back on the world in order yeah. to unite them in in peace. Yeah. I think that's quite a nice neat sort of character arc mm. and it's a nice neat plot line as well sure maybe they just thought that it would look rubbish if they tried to maybe if they I mean, tried to I do a big big cgi alien logically both ending in terms of camp i can't remember how i reacted to the original ending i remember being shocked by the piles of body but yeah and, and confused by the tentacles that would be intertwined with the um yeah the the dead but I I can't remember how I felt about the fact that it was actually an alien. I am mm. at the time. Having said that, the both endings have issues. Is it that l- plausible in either situation that the world would abandon all of their sort of Cold War tensions in order to unite against a threat? Why in the film's ending would they just assume that Doctor Manhattan's um, energy strike was non-partisan? You know, because he is America's tool for warfare after mm. all, and eventually they learn he attacked New York as well. Yeah. But in terms of automating a response and actually being there on the line, would they really dial up America and just be like, did you just attack us? Well, was that you? Well, like, I guess... John. <laughs> what was his name? Nixon's... 
Richard. Richard. What's that you, Dick? Richard Milhouse Nixon. If you want to go hunting for explanations, there's, sure. there's always the chance that, you know, you, you'd be prepared for a nuclear strike, but you yeah. wouldn't be prepared for, a, like, a Manhattan-style... Mm. Energy blast. Like, yeah, energy blast. Yeah. Um, and whilst you're reeling, and, and maybe, you know, you are... Phone starts ringing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello? Ah, <laughs> oh, you're joking. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. What's <laughs> happened to New York? Never guess what's just happened to Moscow. Oh, jinx. Well, they come in threes, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's fair enough. I think neither ending is particularly problematic for me, like mm. more so than the other. Yeah. I would say, though, I'm not too fond of how bloodless the ending to the film is, but then mm. again, it, there is an aspect of horror to that as well. Yeah. The idea that just it's quite people cold. are vaporised and it's just are just gone. Yeah. It's different to the violence from the rest of the film, which is very yeah. bloody and visceral. It's just, you know, that the New York becomes a crater. I always feel, I've seen it so many times now, um, the shot of destroyed New York spends too much time inside the crater that's been created. Mm. Like, most of the frame yeah. is taken up by the crater instead of, like, the ruins yeah. above it. And I feel like a quick reframe would have been better for that. Yeah, because yeah. if that's the direction you're going to go when you're going to have, like, a cold, bloodless yeah. um, scene of devastation, mm. then have eerily empty streets. Yeah. Because all the people and the the, the cars and stuff were vaporised, weren't they? Yeah, any organic material is gone and just metal Deconstructed. and steel and stone remains. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the biggest change from the movie and the book, okay, bear with me here, is that the book is a book and the movie is a m- movie. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I just got it. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, I didn't have to turn any pages during that I film. I didn't think about that at all. No. No. So I think what you have to do is the strengths of the medium. Yeah. Because Watchmen makes absolute complete use of the medium. Yeah pushes it to its very limits and we have to make sure the film's doing the same so i'm just going to read a quote okay from alan moore and really it's quite a long one but it explains a lot of his attitudes towards film in general if you only see comic books in terms of films then eventually the best we can end up with is films that don't move it would make us a poor relation to the movie industry what i've tried to do with my work from watchman onward is to do things that can only be done in comics things that we did in watchman on paper could be frankly horrible or sensationalist or unpleasant if you were to interpret them literally through the medium of cinema when it's just lines on paper the reader is in control of the experience it's a tableau vivant and that gives it the necessary distance it's not the same when you're being dragged through it at 24 frames per second hmm. That's why he felt this shouldn't be done as a film. The idea of the differences between a reader reading a book, mm. moving through it at their own pace, and he can control pace actually because yeah. um, the whole book of Watchmen is nine panel grids. Yeah. So three images by three images by then three yeah. images. You know, every so often he breaks that. He'll put a big image in which takes up the whole page, yeah. which slows the reader down. Yeah. Or he'll put rapid, very lots of little pictures in a row, which speeds them up. Mm. He can control the speed you read this. Um, and yeah, he's making use of um, cross-panel jokes brilliantly in a way that yeah. I love, you know, having a character say something in one place and then the next panel has the end of their sentence mm. over a new setting and it, it's relevant to what's shown there yeah. too, allowing him to do puns, poignant things, yeah. all manner of things. He can even use his speech bubbles for character work. Yeah, Rorschach, before he witnesses his horrific event, has nice smooth round speech bubbles with clear text. Mm. After he's had the horrific thing that happened to him that turned him into Rorschach, his speech bubbles are very jagged, mm. and his text is less neatly kerned. Yeah. He's using every trick in the book. 
It's like the Citizen Kane of graphic novels in as much mm. as every device you could use is in there. Yeah. Is the film meeting that standard? It, it, it feels like the way the film has been... I mean, mm. the the story itself has been interpreted mm. and, and sort of put out on yeah. film. Is the standard is seen as like a, a level of detail. Mm. Filling, you know, putting as much information as yes. possible into every frame. What? And it's not about... The, the, the film hasn't necessarily used every you know every no. instrument available yeah. it's, it's definitely used some things very very well yes it is it is it is played to some of the strengths of cinema mm. being the ultimate immersive experience you mm. know you don't have much of a choice how to view yeah uh, a film is the director's no it's the director's vision. You, you, you can obviously you can interpret it differently sure but in terms and, of your experience of actually watching it so yeah i agree they're not using necessarily every tool in the box um, and in fact, there's a couple of tools in there that would kind of recreate um, some of the effects mm-hmm. of the book. Like, that whole thing of um, the blissful assembly of, like, matching things. You can do that in match cuts. Mm. I only really notice one big match cut in this, which mm. is the comedian's crying and a tear drips off his face. And then later in his story, a drop of blood hits his badge. Yeah. And it's, you know, shot by shot. It's part of a montage. And it's beautiful. I love that. Mm. Similarly, split edits um, could recreate the um, whole narrative, you know, moving speech bubbles over a panel. Um, in a split edit, you can have the dialogue either trail the cut or preempt the cut. Uh, the audio, that is. So you could have someone sort of start a sentence, then mm. cut, and then have the rest of the sentence. Which I only noticed happening the once, um, uh, when the guy is saying that the shade of blue he has picked is dark enough, just as um, Laurie mm. and um, Dan are going into an alley. But yes. that is literally almost every single shot transition in the um, in the book. It's a few yeah. times in the film. Yeah, I, th- I think that the level of detail in in the film is different to the level of detail in the book. Mm. It's it's by nature. Yeah, it's it's different. The detail in the book is storytelling devices, mm. uh, the use of tropes, the use of yeah. the the way narrative is bended to c- cover or suggest so many different mm. things. Whereas in the in the movie, I think it's a lot more. Uh, everything is a lot more literal. Yeah, for a start, mm. the editing in the movie is is mixed. The momentary yeah. editing, which is the sort of composition of shots within a scene, is good. It's very good, in fact. There's there's mm. good sort of movement around situations and between characters, and there's good building of tension when there needs to be. Some pretty good action sequences when there needs to be in terms of like the the, the composition of shots. The structural editing, actually putting the story together and building it up and the long-term sort of setting up and paying off, is a bit trickier. Mm. Worse in the director's cut, undoubtedly. Characters would disappear from the narrative and reappear half an hour later. Um, Oh, and we're treated to stories that... mm. I mean, whilst nice little stories in themselves, you know, subplots yeah. about Hollis Mason and, and things like that, they're not yeah. they're, they're not essential to the telling of a story. And in cinema, when you do only generally yeah. have maximum of three hours. Yeah, and um, yeah. I, I always forget who it is who said you should um, always, when you're making a movie, take out everything. Take out everything until you only have what is absolutely necessary to tell your story. And taking mm. out anything else would result in a plot hole. You know, and then there's your movie. If you did that with this, I mean, it would be <laughs> very short indeed. Um, and ultimately, yeah. you wouldn't know or care about any of the characters. Yeah. Um, the structure of Watchmen, the book, is very episodic. Mm. As a matter of fact, Alan Moore, during the production process, suddenly realized the story he had would only fill six issues of a 12-issue run. 
So he alternated every story issue with a backstory issue. And you see that. You see, okay, this mm. is about the um, tension with Russia and the masked killer again. Oh, and okay, now we have Rorschach's backstory. Or now we have Dr. Manhattan's backstory. Yeah. That is a fine structure for a book, very sort of meticulous. Mm. Again, a tricky structure for a film, especially if, for example, the story bit in between two of the stories wasn't very important. And consequently, you go yeah. from Dr. Manhattan to Rorschach sort of back to back. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's 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 loosely following a, a chronology, I suppose. Yeah. Um. More than anything, it just gives me the sense that this is a massive story in a massive world. Yeah. And I'm and I'm personally really happy with the pacing in this. Sure. In this film. Absolutely, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, I, I think it does a fairly good example of being sort of purely cinematic, which is thing, yeah. which is what critics, to be from what I've seen, the critics who are more likely to feel their way through a movie than try mm. and think their way through it. Mm. Roger Ebert was always very good at doing that, and he he had very emotional reactions to film, and he mm. considered this to be a successor to sort of 2001 mm. in terms of it being purely cinematic and purely spectacle. Yeah, and it does achieve that. It it tells its story largely through visual means and yeah. takes out the clunky dialogue for the yeah. most part. There's a couple of nasty little exposition drops, but yeah. um, for the most part, it is able to tell its story cinematically. I always thought yeah. pure cinema you should be able to take it right back to the silent times when it was new. Mm. You should be able to lift all of the dialogue and just have the image and the music mm. and be fine watching it that way. I guess then when then when we're talking about the uh, momentary editing, mm. uh, you know, the, 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 the structure of a scene compared to the overall structure of the, yeah. the film, I mean, because of the visuals and the, and the music, it tells the story. Mm. And, I, and I think I've never had a problem with the overall structure of the, the piece because mm. the... Because the the the, the mood of, of mm. all of the scenes has been a constant, you know, yeah. it it kind of feels like as, as much as this can, you know, as much as this can be mm. before it becoming a bad thing, it feels almost dreamlike the way like the pace mm. that it has going from yeah. going from scene to scene, but with like the the constancy of the visuals and mm. of the the music. And I mean, I know the music has gotten a fair amount of of, of stick for be being on the nose. On the nose. But yeah. I mean, when you compare it to something like Suicide Squad, sure. for God's sake, I mean, that is just, that is the example of how to do it badly. Mm. Sound of Silence is not necessarily a song about death. It's a sad song. It's a, it's a, it's a sad song. <laughs> and that is, that is per, a perfectly legitimate thing to do. You but it also, it there are, sorry, there are also, yeah. you know, moments of great, like gravity being played out to absolute silence. I think of a lot of the comedians' mm. yeah. uh, scenes. He, he uses silence effectively in it sure. as well. And he also slows down a lot more than he often does in his movie. Yeah. I, I reckon if you counted the shot length in this, or the, the scene length, yeah. let's say, the length of scenes, I reckon it'd be a lot slower yeah. than Bats v. Soups. Yeah. And I think, you know, one, one of the issues being with mm. um, his, his later movies is... Mm. Uh, this whole this whole idea of a movie of moments, yeah, uh, without any of the any character arcs or any building Live or anything. Quiet like moments that. to build character and yeah. world. Yeah, this this film has those. Sure, um, and I, and I think it's the right mix of you know heavy handed music and and and, and visuals yeah. with those with those other moments because it means you still care deeply about what mm. happens. You're not just being told because there's a there's a there's a song outside why stained isn't playing when the comedian's <laughs> sitting on the edge of Moloch's bed. But yeah, ultimately, you know, mm. it is a cinematic experience, and yes. and is not the graphic graphic novel, mm. and it and it shouldn't be. No. And and by getting someone like like Zack Snyder coming in off the mm. back of Three Hundred to with his sort of trademark style back when his trademark style was good, yeah, 
to um to tell this story mm. through through music yeah through imagery yeah and through these beautiful um sort of moment by moment yeah scenes i think it deserves i think it deserves defending i think so i, I i'm less fond of it now than i was in 2009 because i yeah. remember thinking wow that movie was perfect Hmm. I don't feel it's perfect. No, I do cringe from time to time. It is. Uh, there's some cringy moments, and there's some moments which are left unexplored. Yeah. And some editing issues. Um. Ultimately, I think it's a very fine film. Yeah. I don't think there's any risk of the movie obscuring the novel because the novel is no. one is one of generally recognized as one of the finest graphic novels ever made. It's the only yes. one that I believe exists on um, Time Magazine's 100 Best Novels. Mm. You know, winner of the Hugo Award. It's it's monumental. Yeah. Um, the yeah. film is at no risk of obscuring it, so consequently, I feel we can be less defensive and appreciating it for what it is. Yeah, which is a very fine cinematic experience. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you very much for listening to One Good Thing. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, episode thirty, we did it. Yay! Uh, <laughs> woo! Uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch, we're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, OGT Pod. You can catch us on Gmail, um, OGT Pod at Gmail dot com. You can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Stitcher, you can find us if you put a ladder up against our house. If you go to the beach and hold up a seashell to your ear, you can hear two Pauls talking about how rubbish the sea is. (laughs) But the one good thing about it, which is that it brings Dagon... We all love, we all love Dagon, don't we, yeah. fellas? Ah, oh, that's if, if, if we learn one thing from the, the last thirty episodes, <laughs> sort of thirty cumulative hours of uh, Paul speaking, is that Dagon is Lord, and uh, that's it, actually, isn't it? Yeah, that's just all. We've Dagon heard. is Lord. Dagon is Lord, and Dagon is Lord. All praise him. Yeah, yeah. We'll be starting up a new tranche of recommendations month coming up soon. Roll on, roll on. Pretty, pretty terrible recommendations coming up. <laughs> When are they that? ever? When are they ever not? Oh, uh, when are they ever nice? Never, yeah. never is the answer to that. Unless it's Gem and the Holograms. Thanks a lot, everyone. It's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, and we'll be back, chapped and chased, gristled. Yeah, <laughs> and chafed <laughs> and chafed, chafed and chased <laughs> for you. <laughs> Ch- <laughs> chafed, albeit chased. <laughs> chafed, nay, chased. Well, on that note, you can subscribe <laughs> forever. <laughs> I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Watchmen is all that stuff we said. You're needed! Every episode of the show is like a poorly animated anxiety attack in an ice cream factory. Richard Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> He's called Richard Shadow. Nobody's called Richard Shadow. <laughs> 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 Nevada Kedavra! <laughs> so, Tom Hardy? Ooh. Famous Welshman. Why didn't you just kill me? Your punishment must be more severe. Chuck Bentley. Barry Big Bollocks. Africa Longway. John Froth. Art Shufflebottom. Fucking Porn Dave. Porn Interesting.